so this is the new season of made in kashmir podcast i mean before that i did two uh comic comedy podcast mm-hmm. which were terrible mm-hmm. no one liked it because i was talking to myself only so today we have onaiza drabu and uh, she is a what are you onaiza can you introduce yourself <laughs> i have no idea um you since are. you have no idea who i am i'm just a regular person who likes to listen to stories tell stories is that a good definition of who i am Hmm. Oh yeah, you that girl, girl which uh, came out with this with yeah. that book, you know, Himalayan yeah. Agra, Kashmir storytelling. Tell tell us about that book. How did it happen? Why would you, why did you do that? Hmm. So I did that book. I didn't think of it as a book to start with. I when I started, I started to just recount stories from my childhood because I I grew up listening to these stories. I grew up listening to Himalayan Agra. I grew up listening to Tsavaj, the Timson Bachu. all these stories that were such a big part of uh, my childhood um and not a lot of people remembered them so when i started it was back in 2013 2012 as a way of documenting these stories so i asked people i asked people i knew i asked people who had told me these stories but they didn't remember them anymore so i think during that time i started collecting speaking to people speaking to um you know people who are not traditional folklorists but you know people who have who have an interest looking things up on the internet so there's you know as you know there's so much material available so many people are doing such a wonderful job of it so little by little i started compiling and then in 2017 um in a conversation with the, my editor i he suggested i bring it together in a book of folktales and and up until that point i hadn't thought of it but sort of that conversation materialized i sent him a proposal and the book came to life and through the next 6 months one year it grew and it grew into something i didn't think it would grow into which was interesting so how has the response been oh the response has been great so far um whoever has read it has really enjoyed it it's interesting because a lot of people who are not kashmiri have uh, read it so it's 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 a mix of people it's a mix of younger people um young kashmiris who are reading it and also men- much older kashmiris who are reading it as a way of getting back to the stories of their childhood but it's also a lot of non kashmiris who are interested in kashmir who are reading it um so i got so many messages from people from indians who were interested in kashmir told me about it from people who i know of um who read the book because you know because they know me and mm. different cultures and it's been super interesting and all of them you know interestingly start their conversations with dapan because a lot of my stories start with it so they will bring it up you know my friends will bring up because you'll see in this whole um, book there are uh, words in kashmiri words that i've used and i've put them throughout stories and i've not translated them so my friends now in casual conversation will you know tell me acha uh, you know something they will say jer Uh, for example uh, they will use these words which they've picked up in the book which mm. i think is really cute and very interesting um yeah but, but why do you think this is important like i think this is important because we, we need to like, know who we are for example we have our grandparents and people who mm. know these tales and they're there you know it it passes from one generation to another but so, does it really I mean do you think it still does? I, mean, I don't think it still that's does. That's that's a question I am asking you. Yeah. No, I don't think it still does. I mean there are pockets of course I'm not generalizing. There are pockets which it passes on in and I'm aware of that and again brings back you know your rural urban divide and um 
a socioeconomic divide also but for a large section it it doesn't pass down i mean um let's say if my generation has kids they will not tell their children this these stories because there's a whole host of global content being thrown at them and they need to sort of get their kid up to speed with kids anywhere in the world because we la- now live in a world where you're judged at par with um, anyone born anywhere so there's a whole host of global content that everyone consumes and in that you're very local very traditional content i mean i'm saying content is in a digital language mm. but um you know stories that you consume become you know on a netflix you can see anything from turkish tv shows to mexican telenovelas you know why would you want to listen to your grandmother telling you about you know gagur the gagur you know for example yeah so but um, but yeah. but again the like the book is in english why yes do you think that what was the idea behind that I mean, I mean it could have simply, if, if, um, if, if, because we understand that a lot of kashmiris cannot read or or write kashmiri yeah. or right uh, yeah but they do understand urdu but why was the need to go for english not urdu uh, um urdu again you know the same barrier i think if you for, for me the barrier was in my writing you know my native language in which i think and express is probably english mm-hmm. it's the language i'm most comfortable in i cannot write a full paragraph explaining what i do in urdu or kashmiri and the only other language i know i mean the only language i actually fully know is english and that's the language i express myself best in it's also the most global language so it's a mix of convenience ease and just practicality urdu is um, is a language that's i see it i love it as a language it's a beautiful language but i also see it as a language that's directly replacing kashmiri in our lives mm. um english is not competition to kashmiri urdu is competition to kashmiri and urdu is throttling kashmiri in kashmir because at the end of the day everyone speaks in urdu you know even even yeah i guess people prioritize learning urdu versus learning kashmiri because english everyone will have to learn but you know in your school your second language option is either urdu or hindi why um, why, why you do, don't really have why do you think uh, urdu is kashmiri as a language in kashmir in a sense i feel like because that's your script that's your second language that's the language of use in administration in schools in i mean it probably also has a whole body of literature that goes with it that's you know pedagogically it's easier to teach urdu than teach kashmiri um i guess i guess that's why and it's also seen as i don't know it's seen as sort of uh, a more literary language than kashmiri so kids would probably speak in um urdu versus speaking in kashmiri don't you think i mean i i'm not an expert here i'm, I'm not an expert either huh? i'm not an expert either but that's what i have always felt i've always felt that um teaching kids urdu is prioritized over teaching kids kashmiri and then people assume that people kids will learn kashmiri but they always they they usually don't and by learn kashmiri i mean you can speak i can you know go to the market buy something but in in those very basic interactions what's lost is a whole range of vocabulary that only comes out in let's say literature in more in-depth conversations but more, all of our in-depth conversations happen in urdu or english i think there's also this generational shift i mean in my understanding absolutely until yeah. 90s most of the stuff was in urdu and even in 90s when we were in school we were taught in hmm. urdu and then it gradually yeah. shifted into english so i think that mm-hmm. that's also there Okay uh, apart from your book 
the whole idea of oral history in, in Kashmir is pretty big, you know. It's it's yeah. passed through all of our histories, pa- all of our history, Delhi, and everything. So, yeah. where do you see oral history in Kashmir? Like, in what forms do you see that? Yeah, you know, it's interesting you mentioned Pacha Dalil and that's a more, you know, um, that's still a bit distant. But if you think of it, really, all of our history, our contemporary affairs, our history, our news, everything is oral because, you know, we live in such a dystopic context where um, media is state sponsored, history textbooks are state sponsored. So whatever we actually know of what's happening outside our homes is um, is oral history, really. You know, what happened in the 90s is oral history. Textbooks don't tell you that. Um, what happened, you know, all through our history, there's a very different view that the state will tell you. And there's a very different view that the, that conversations on the streets will tell you, that people at home will tell you, that um, conversations with friends will tell you. And I think oral history, again, like our stories, are, is so alive and it's how we learn our identity. Um, so I, I I think, you know, when we talk about Pacha Dalil and, you know, stories coming from generation to generation, what kings did, subversive history, all of that is true, but it's also true now in, in terms of um, the current political situation. Mm. So how does oral history impact identity as a Kashmiri? Like, why is it so important for us? Hmm. Hmm. It's important because it's actually the only accurate sense of who you are and the burden of history that's on your shoulders. I think, in my view, um, you can go to school in Kashmir, you can, you know, and if you were to just ignore all other stimuli from outside, if you just learn what you taught at school, the books you recommended, etc., etc., you are not Kashmiri. You can consume all of that content and not really know who you are, what your history is, where your ancestors, um, what your ancestors lived through and what they went through. You are raised in a very Indian education system. And I think the, the role of oral history is to tell you what ma- the mainstream doesn't tell you, what textbooks don't tell you, what the news doesn't tell you, what like television content doesn't tell you. You know, Bollywood is consumed. There are no cinema halls, but... Bollywood is consumed all the time. And what do you see about Kashmir on Bollywood? Um, oral history is tells you tells you who you are in a sense, really, because where else do you get your identity from if there's so little um, to be consumed in terms of cultural production? Hmm. Is that, does that make sense? Yeah, it, I mean, it does make sense. Um, I think it, it also is like this... Uh, in, it has its own decolonial uh, narratives when it comes to oral Absolutely. history. Because as you said, if you go to a school which, ha- which has these recommended books that the state wants you to read, and then you go through that, you don't consume anything apart from that. You become mm. the person that the state wants you to that be. That the state wants you to be. Yeah, you know, bereft of your own identity. Of Absolutely. And you... In a situation like this, you cannot decolonize the curriculum. That would take, um, I don't know what, what that would take, really. But what you can do is create this sort of alternate curriculum, which is through your stories. Uh, let's talk about uh, different forms of oral history in Kashmir. One is uh, this, this mm-hmm. part that you have documented. What are the other forms mm-hmm. across? Hmm. 
I don't know actually. I don't know if there's a typology that exists to it. I mean, let, let's. They... Um, there are Pacha okay. Dalils, but you know, even in the Pacha Dalil, for example, um, there is, there are allusions to historic events. Mm. Like one story in the book is called Noon, mm. and it talks about a king who asks his kids, "What's the what's you know the the most beloved thing to them in the world." and every daughter says you know it's you my father great king the seventh daughter says it's noon mm. and uh, salt so um this this guy gets really mad the king and he banishes her from the kingdom and many many years later whatever happens and then he, you know he um comes around and basically tells her that you know she's right and you know it's it's uh, salt is really important to the world etc etc and she was actually very clever and reinstates her back into the kingdom and gives her the kingdom actually she inherits the kingdom but if you i mean it's just a very pointless story if you think about it and why salt important but it actually takes you back to kashmir's history you know if you think about it it's about the time where uh, you know salt was such a precious commodity that people had to you know lick a piece of uh, stone to you know get salt in their body you know it 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 it's related to a particular point in history mm. okay um another story i don't know if it's in the book but um i don't know if i finally included it but it's about um, a famine and you know the the, the origin story of the proverb drag chale par dag chale drag chale magar dag chale magar dag chale ne um again tells you like snippets from kashmir's history so they allude to it they are f- fragments from it probably not directly telling you this is what happened but these allusions to history also are very interesting in these stories how does how does history determine like uh, oral history i mean in itself is 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 it history like do do academics accept that as as a part of a hist- historical tradition in terms of uh, research you know for example I think it's a it's a genre unto okay. itself oral history um it's classified as people's history it's um yeah so it's something that is a reference it is it can be a reference yes okay uh, let's talk about other other forms i mean of 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 our cultural yes. uh, history or or the various forms of satire there's, there's a lot of satire in kashmiri mm-hmm. satire is a massive yeah. lexicon of, of satire you know satire and sarcasm satire um, yeah yeah how i mean what are, what what's the difference between um, for example having a ladisha to to parcha mm. dilil or even barn what what are the differences hmm so that is something i am not an expert on i haven't uh, studied ladisha and parcha very much but i do know that ladisha is basically a mirror to society someone you know speaking up against it but i i would say they're both classified into the genre of folk songs because they're both in verse and uh, parthar comes with music mm. as well so i don't know too much about them which is why i've kept away from them and i wouldn't like to say that i know when i don't but they're more satirical they're more musical they're more in verse as as opposed to stories which can be anything which mm. um stories is a very loose term but it can be dastan it can be dalil it can be you know little anecdotes katha it can be anything and because we are in such an interesting place geographically culturally etc we've seen a lot of confluence we've seen 
the Sanskritic tradition come in. So we have so many Nags in our stories. We have um, a lot of like Brahminical stories. We have the Kathasarit Sagar from which a lot of stories stem. The Panchatantra, um, it's it, it said to have originated here. So we have a lot of animal stories. But then we also have the Persian tradition. So we have Paris in our stories, Devs, we have Kohikaf, we have the Hoopoo being the wise bird. You know, we have all, all of these that exist together in this space. And I think that's that's really beautiful because we have all these stories from all over the world through years of travel or, you know, who knows what reasons have all come and live a life in, in our culture, in our stories. So our stories, like I said, can derive from a moment in history, but they also can derive from um, the, the Farsi tradition where, you know, there's someone who um who who basically marries a pari gets killed by a dev the dev is saved um because he has many lives and you know all of these elements exist together so so stories here can be anything right from explaining uh, explanations to a proverb to much much more elaborate um, worlds that are built within within our yeah within our world so you have patal stories you have uh, regular people stories you have genre stories okay um so uh, when you started this all these stories how is how much of a difference has it made to you as your own identity of being a kashmiri like what has changed or has anything hmm. changed at all no a lot has changed because it's got me interested into a lot more things um when i started collecting them there were just there were there were stories to me but then there were elements of philosophy in a lot of them um there's a story in the book called kajibachit uh, alibiol and it's about birds it's about birds in kashmir um simple simple anecdote i'm telling you it's 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 about birds in kashmir and a lot of the birds are you know in i mean i've i've heard the name but i've never really spotted them so while i was writing i was googling these birds and now i have sort of images of all of them and now when i walk on the streets i can spot these birds i can be like okay that is this one and this is this one okay and, okay, you know, I, I okay let know. me ask you a question what what, yeah. what is a kingfisher called in kashmiri oh i know this it's a very unsexy name someone just told me and sent me a picture also what is it called it's called kalatonje oh yeah <laughs> yeah someone just sent me a picture yeah but don't you also use that as a term of you know insult Yeah, I mean, the Kashmiris have Has someone called you that? No, thank God. No, not yet. <laughs> no, maybe the other day when I had shaved my head, maybe that was a, a appropriate Probably, moment yeah. for calling me a cult. Yeah. But you know, Kashmiris can make anything sound so hilarious and 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 yeah. funny. Like yeah, you kursi ho, yeah, you vacuum cleaner, can be anything. The humor, the, yeah, humor anything. is very visual, you know. Yeah. Um Humor is very visual, very alive. Yeah, also, we also prelude to sound effects when we talk and yeah, are in conversations. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Okay. Let's let's see what what's next for Runaiza Drab. So, um, I was going to tell you that uh, you know, in in a lot of book, in a lot of these stories in the book, they led me to um hmm. spirituality in in a way that you know there there were spiritual parables. so that got me interested in stories of our buzurgs our dervish our um, you know aulia basically yeah saints and that's something i'm working on right now so it's interesting it's a bit daunting because there's a lot else that goes with it 
but that's something i'm doing now okay so are is this a project is this a book it's a project it's a project which might become a book inshallah, inshallah. okay i mean it was great talking to you as always really lovely uh, talking to you uh, hope I to see it. your next project coming out soon hopefully and congratulations thank for you. the book again i have thank you so much and thank yeah, you for I all that you do yet, but i'll be you know, i've been hearing this for so long now <laughs> that's what that's what some politicians say you know, it's on its way and it's not on its way acche din to yaar hamare acche din to but uh, i'm talking about something else that might get me in jail you know i want to talk about that so okay let's not so let's speak soon and with some different okay. stories that you have to tell and thank you thank you so Absolutely. much Absolutely Thank you so much